Hello, I'm Beatrice Valerie Nero, and you're listening to This is the Voice of the Prophet. I have walked in the office of the Prophet since God revealed the anointing he has placed on my life for close to 40 years. This podcast is a new territory that he has assigned me that I pray will be done as God ministers. The purpose of this podcast is to share the Word of God in a prophetic way under the anointing of the Holy Ghost as he ministers and speaks to my spirit as to when he would have me to speak to the listeners, you, his sons and daughters. It's also purpose to invoke open and honest conversation on the things that many people, especially Christians, don't want to talk about, which is racism in the body of Christ. I pray that God will use this podcast to enable us as his sons and daughters to talk about the elephant in the room that for too many years, pastors, teachers, and leaders have tried to sweep under the rug. You can help and support this podcast by telling your friends, families, co-workers, church members, and everyone you know about This is the Voice of the Prophet and how easy it is to tune in through any podcast server through this title. You can also help and support this ministry through your love and prayers. You can reach me with questions and comments by email at amyeagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at C-H-A-R-T-E-R dot net. And finally, you can always reach me at my website at thevoiceoftheprophet.strikingly.com. And remember, if for some reason the podcast doesn't come through or to hear previous episodes, you can always reach This is the Voice of the Prophet on every and any podcast server. Thank you and God bless you. Now let's get into the word that God has for us for this week. In just about every podcast and everywhere I speak, there are certain things that you'll always hear me mention. To some degree or another, you'll always hear from me on the topics of honor, integrity, morals, and character. However, another thing that continually comes up with me is covenant. This is why I've chosen to address the issue of and entitle this week's message, Why Do I Always Talk About Covenant? So let's start answering that question with these questions. What is covenant? How important is covenant? Is there a difference between breaking covenant and sin? And finally, what does God say about covenant? The word covenant is mentioned in the King James Version of the Bible at least 280 times, and in the New International Version, a total of 332 times. That in itself tells me that covenant is extremely important in the sight of God. God honors covenant, not just the covenant that he has established with us, but covenants that we make with one another. One of those being marriage and another in the church itself. Yes, marriage is a covenant. This is why when a marriage covenant is broken through divorce, infidelity, or in whatever way, 
even when one of the parties is completely innocent, there are still repercussions for both parties. When we join churches, and you hear it all the time on Christian programs about being covenant partners. However, during these feel-good moments, when you make those calls and commit to whatever they're pushing, God honors that covenant, and it's not a situation where you can go back and say, never mind. When you put your hand up in church and promise to pay a certain amount to the church by a certain date, or whenever, and then you fall back on that promise, you're breaking covenant. There are no oops, slips, or blunders in covenants. I've seen and heard so-called prophets, pastors, televangelists, and leaders use covenant in order to entrap and deceive their members. They will use, push, and speak of covenants in order to convince people that they are on a level above others or to keep them from leaving the ministry. When you hear the words covenant partners, beware and be careful. In 2 Chronicles 19 and 2, it reads, Jehu the seer, the son of Hanani, went out to meet him and said to the king, should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Because of this, the wrath of the Lord is on you. In the previous chapter, in the 18th chapter of 2 Chronicles, Jehoshaphat had cut covenant with Ahab and joined him in battle. Because of this covenant decision, Jehoshaphat nearly lost his life. We must be careful and aware of those who we cut covenant with. In the body of Christ, we must be vigilant, alert, and cautious before we decree that we're in covenant. I've heard my former pastors teach covenant with nothing but concern for the sheep under a powerful anointing of God. On the other hand, they are those who teach and push covenants with the full intentions of keeping their members in bondage. It's those type of covenant that God will not and does not honor. In fact, in actuality, in those types of covenants, the leaders have already broken them through their deceit. In situations like that, there is nothing to fear. So if you feel led of God to leave, then leave. Contracts and agreements can, can be broken, but in the sight of God, covenants are binding. In just about every translation of the Bible, the word covenant is first mentioned in Genesis 6 when God tells Noah at the 18th verse, but with thee I will establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. In hearing God include the sons and daughters-in-law of Noah in this verse, one of the first things we learn is that covenant is generational. Through the covenant that we have entered into with our Father, by the blood of his Son, Jesus Christ, we come to the understanding that covenant is passed from generation to generation. In Genesis 22:18, it reads, And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. 
The covenant that we walk in today with God, whole or broken, will affect the descendants of our offsprings for generations to come. Our seed, that's our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and our entire lineage until Jesus returns are affected by what we do today and how we walk in covenant with God. But wait, wasn't covenant the law? Didn't the law state that sin and blessings were generational? Didn't it say that the sins of the father would be passed to the third and the fourth generation? To begin with, we need to understand that according to the Bible, there's the old covenant and the new covenant. The word testament used in the word of God to separate the old from the new is literally interpreted as covenant. Therefore, we have the Old Testament, Old Covenant, and the New Testament, New Covenant. Also, we must always remember that when Jesus hung on the cross, he took the curse upon him. He took our sin through the New Covenant. What he didn't take was the blessings. Even under the law, the blessings were to the thousand generation. And today, through the blood of the Lamb, the blessings are still until the thousand generation. However, that's only if we continue to walk in unbroken covenant with God. Luke 1, 50 reads, And his mercy is on them that fear him, from generation to generation. If you don't see your seed being blessed, then make sure that your covenant is as it should be with God. What does the word covenant mean? According to man's definition, a covenant is an agreement or contract. It's an arrangement or commitment between two agreeing parties. When two nations or men cut a covenant, what they were saying is that now we are one. The greater party of the covenant always set the rules and standards. The greater and stronger would say to the lesser and weaker individuals something on the order of, you will give me wood from your forest, workers or whatever, and I will give you food during famines. If a nation attacks you, I will send my forces to fight for you. Anyone that touches you or comes against you will have me to fight as well. When a covenant was cut between nations, the smaller or lesser king or individual would simply state yes to the stipulations placed before him. There were no negotiations. Look at what it says in 1 Samuel 18, three through four. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. When David and Jonathan cut a covenant with one another, Jonathan gave David his robe, his sword, his bow and girdle. The robe meant that David was now covered by Jonathan. The sword represented that David's enemies were now Jonathan's enemies. His bow represented that he would fight for David and the girdle represented his re readiness to serve his covenant friend. Covenant, according to the Bible, is defined as an alliance or compact 
because it was made by the passing between pieces of flesh. Our covenant with our Heavenly Father was cut through the flesh and blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. By His stripes we are healed, and with His blood we are made whole. Our enemies are His enemies, and He will always fight for us. We are covered by the blood of the Lamb, and no weapon formed against us shall prosper. God has made the stipulations, and they're not up for negotiations. We simply agree. However, in order for this covenant to truly be as it should, we must agree and adhere to the covenant with our whole hearts and our whole souls. Let's take a better look at how covenants were cut. As I just stated, in times of old, when a covenant was cut, it was always between a lesser and a greater, a lord and vassal, a great king and a lesser king. It was always ratified with the sacrifice of an animal, usually a lamb or a bull. The animal was slain and cut in half. The two parties, the greater and the lesser, would then walk between the halves of the sacrifice, swearing allegiance to one another. Those types of contracts and agreements between men usually lasted about two years. When Abram, before he became Abraham, cut covenant, it was God himself who initiated. In the 8th through 11th verses of the 15th chapter of Genesis, it reads, But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of you? So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these things to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. One of the things that I believe is truly pertinent in these verses is the fact that when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, the sacrifices for the covenant, it was Abram who drove them away not God. We must understand that as we walk in covenant with the Father, that it's our responsibility to assure that nothing mars, impairs, or detracts from our oneness with the Father. There are things, plots and plans of the enemy, and even occurrences in life that will attempt to hinder, taint, and even break our covenant with God. Our Father will not step in because it is purely our decisions as to whether we will remain one with Him or not. When something or someone comes in in an attempt to diminish our oneness with God, it's up to us to drive it away. Another thing that we must understand about covenant is that it's not just an agreement or contract. Agreements Contracts, pacts, bonds, and pledges can all be broken. As stated earlier, those types of covenants were between fleshmen and were continually broken. Our covenant with the Father is in the Spirit through the blood of the Lamb, and that covenant God will never break. We must remember that our covenant with God and the state of that covenant is our responsibility. The sacrifice has been provided, 
But keeping it from being damaged and violated is up to us. The words of Solomon in 1 Kings 8, 22 through 23 are repeated again in 2 Chronicles 6, 14. It reads as following. He, meaning Solomon, said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants, who continue wholeheartedly in your way. First, let's realize that God's covenant is a covenant of love and not of domination or control. He keeps his covenant of love with those who continue wholeheartedly in his way. We keep that covenant by choice and not force. We keep it not only because we love him, but because we're in love with him. And in order for it to continue and accomplish all that God has ordained, we must keep his covenant with our whole hearts and our whole souls. In 2 Chronicles 25, 1 through 2, it reads in the New International Version concerning Amaziah, one of the kings of Judah. Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was Johadadan. She was from Jerusalem. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. Listen to the expanded Bible version of those same verses. Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king, and he ruled, reigned for 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Johadadin, and she was from Jerusalem. Amaziah did what the Lord said was right, was pleasing, proper in the eyes, sight of God, but he did not really want to obey him, not wholeheartedly. This is how so many Christians live their lives today. They want this covenant with God. They want the convenience of his salvation. They love to brag and wear their I love Jesus t-shirts. But deep down in their hearts and spirits, they really don't want to obey him, not wholeheartedly. Too many only want to obey just enough to say, to their own satisfaction that they're not in sin. Most want to obey either when it's convenient or when there's something in it for them. We all want the blessing, but we aren't all willing to live the life that will bring the blessing. They are those that will obey with ulterior motives and hidden agendas in order to obtain their own personal desires. How many of us pay or give our tithe because we have to or because of the promised blessings? Basically, for many, it's a situation of, I wouldn't give it if there wasn't something in it for me. They are those who only give it because they know the consequences if they don't. We should give our tithe because it belongs to God, not for what we'll get out of it, and yes, that's part of the covenant. It excites me to give my tithe because there was a time that I didn't know to tithe. And then when I learned about giving my tithe and offerings, the enemy did everything he knew to discourage me from obeying God in that way. Yet 
just as Abram had to shoo away the birds of prey that came down on his sacrifice, I had to. We have to make sure that nothing comes and blemishes or mars our covenant with God. Not in tithe, not in words that we give, or in any other way. I continue to give until I knew and continue to know that I give, not because I have to, but because I truly love to, and because I love God. I love to give because my love for the Father goes beyond just loving Him to being in love with Him. There are Christians today who love to wear that title of Christian. But as Jesus said, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They love to walk around with their Bibles and even quote scriptures, but could care less about living according to the word and in true covenant with God. At the beginning of this podcast, we were asked, how important is covenant? For me, learning about and truly understanding covenant was a life changer. From the time I knew to adhere and to walk in covenant with God, my life has never, ever been the same. It has been during this covenant walk that I moved from just loving God to being in love with him. I believe besides our salvation, that is the most important thing that we could do. As far as I can see, study, and believe, covenant is the greatest part of our relationship with the Father. In fact, it's so important that he sent his only son as the sacrifice, the Lamb of God, to reestablish our covenant relationship with him. Our covenant with God will determine whether or not we see, receive, and be all that he has ordained for us, our children, grandchildren, and all of our descendants to be. Why do so many people stand on God's promises and still not see them come to pass? Because without realizing it, they've either broken covenant or are not living according to the covenant that God has established. When we ask Jesus to come into our lives and be our Lord and Savior, we're saying to him that we believe and accept his blood sacrifice as our provision to once again enter into covenant with the Father. His blood doesn't just wash away our sin. It's through his blood that the veil was rent in twain and ushers us past the gates, through the courts, beyond the veil, into the very presence of God. The blood makes atonement for us. If you look at that word in syllables, it's saying at one meant. It makes us at one with the Father again, back into agreement, back into covenant with God. To put it lightly, covenant with God is as important to us as salvation is because it's not only part of our salvation, but literally the entire reason for our salvation. I feel as though I'm talking about something to so many that's so mundane, 
Yet, I cannot express how important it is that we understand and walk in covenant with God. All I can say to you is that it's life-changing. When I hear people talking about the battles they fight and how the enemy is coming against them, I immediately know that something is not right with their covenant. We have that authority and the right through the blood of the lamb not to be inundated by the enemy. I've heard so many, including myself before I understood better, use the blood of Jesus as a weapon and yet not seeing the effects. Why? Because our covenant with him was not intact. Learn covenant. Read and study the covenant for yourself. Learn to walk in and adhere to the covenant that we have with God. Next week, we'll continue this episode entitled, Why Do I Always Talk About Covenant? I pray that this episode has been enlightening to each of you, and I pray that you will share it with others encouraging your church members, families, friends, neighbors, and co-workers to listen to the podcast, This is the Voice of the Prophet, on any podcast server. Until next Monday, remember that I am praying for each and every person who listens, asking our Father's blessings and favor upon you. God bless each and every one of you, and thank you so much for listening.